This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Bustin' Loose Baseball, hosted by Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer, gives you in-depth analytics and interviews on everything baseball in the nation's capital. Now, here's your host, Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer. go through the full report card uh, on every single player kind of that matters and, and the coaching staff we're going to do a really detailed probably hour or so long pod on tuesday night it's going to come out on wednesday morning so make sure uh you check if you're a late night owl on tuesday night if you're a morning person you know first thing wednesday uh we'll go through all of the details but a couple things i did just want to call attention to here as we kind of put a bow on the season uh, big congratulations to C.J. Abrams. Look, I, I don't know if, if this and a couple bucks will get you more than a coffee, but he did break the record for the Nationals for stolen bases in now 19 seasons of baseball, 47 bags for him after he swiped three uh, in the final two games and two against the Braves on the final day of the season. I mean, he was automatic when stealing bases, just couldn't be thrown out in the final couple of months of the year. Abrams doing something no Nat had done before. Now it goes without saying that the rule changes are a factor here. Uh, I'm sure people will try to belittle the accomplishment because it's easier to steal. Now I don't care about that. Uh, you know, I watched the movie 1961, the old HBO films, Billy Crystal movie where everyone tried to bring down mantle and Maris because they had a few extra games to break the babes record. Bottom line is the season is the season. The rules are the rules. He went out and stole 47 bags. And prior to today, you know, no national had done that before. Yeah. And I think the encouraging part is obviously breaking the record is awesome. But like you said, the efficiency with which, with which he did it, like it seemed like every time he took off, he was safe and it didn't really matter who was on the mound. It didn't matter who was behind the plate. You weren't throwing him out. And it was a crazy clip. And it's something that he wasn't stealing lots of bags before he got put in that leadoff spot. And all of a sudden he's taken off every time he gets on first base and he's getting it every single time he takes off. So this is something where that record might only stand for half the season next year because he might already be there. It's just crazy to think of how much of a different player C.J. Abrams was in the second half or at least when he got moved to that leadoff spot compared to what he was in the first half of the season, and hopefully he can build off of that. I mean, some of his numbers, you know, he had that torrid stretch basically when he got moved to the leadoff spot. He kind of cooled down a little bit as the season wore down, but – if he can find a way to get back to being at least somewhat like the hitter that he was 
when he was going at his best in the leadoff spot and continuing to steal bags and playing good defensively. This is the guy that you traded for. This is why he was one of the top prospects in baseball. This is why he was a coveted guy in that Soto deal. And you saw flashes of it for parts of the season. Now it's just about continuing to grow off that and be more consistent. And it's cool to see it paid off by him setting that record. And he can remember this season as something that had never been done in Nationals history before. So credit to him. Yeah, and it's not like this team, even with the new rules, had a bunch of guys that could take advantage of the rules, right? I mean, you had 47 bags from C.J. Abrams. Lane Thomas had 20 steals to go along with his 28 home runs. And the number three on the list was Jacob Young, who only played about 30 games. He ended up stealing a bag every nine at-bats. You know, if you extrapolate out some of his numbers, you know, that would be like a 60-plus steal season for Abrams based on how much he played just as an example. So, I mean, Jacob Young really put some hay in the barn. He can fly. Uh, when he got to the big leagues, it helped that he hit over 250, got on base at a, a higher clip than Abrams did as well. Difference between those two guys was Abrams had a much higher slug, obviously, with 18 home runs, which we should point out. And again, we'll get into the, the details on the seasons. But I think the fact that, you know, Lane Thomas hit 28 homers without hitting a single home run in April basically took the first month off from a power standpoint. You know, if he would have had an April like he had the rest of the year, that's a 33 or 34 home run season for Lane Thomas. I mean, how incredible would that have been? You know, and, and it's not like we're using the, the the golf balls anymore. I mean, it's still, you know, maybe more friendly version of a baseball than 10 years ago, but uh, that, that's a big deal. I mean, you, you're looking at guys with Washington that are, are mid thirties home runs bats over the years. It's, you know, Harper, Zimmerman, Soto, there just aren't, you know, cheapies, right? I mean, uh, maybe an Adam Dunn type, but Lane Thomas, had he have kind of had a better April, would have been in that conversation. So I think that's worth noting. And then both Abrams and Ruiz end up with 18 home runs, massive leaps for those two guys, which was critical to see, right? I mean, you needed both of them to hit for more power. That That's the path forward for kind of stardom and, and being able to be the caliber of player the Nationals need both of them to be. And after, you know, I think they combined for nine home runs last year to combine for 36 this year was a pretty substantial jump. Makes you think that maybe both could hit 20-plus home runs here as they enter their prime in the years ahead. Yeah, and especially for Kaber, you need to see him being productive at the plate, especially with the power and driving runs in. Because, frankly, behind the plate... We saw him regress a little bit this season or maybe even a lot this season, honestly, where he was not a very good defensive catcher. When you acquired him from the Dodgers in that deal, it was clearly for a bat. It wasn't a guy that was a great catcher behind the plate. And we'll see what happens with new rules as the years go on here. But maybe that you know gets neutralized a little bit. But either, either way, he's not great behind the plate. So you need him to be a good hitter. And we saw some really good stretches, and he continues to be a guy that's elite at putting the bat on the ball. It's just being selective with his pitches. And so, again, I think you can say this with just about every guy on the team that had a, a fairly good season. There were stretches where you saw, like, oh, that's, that's the guy we want. And obviously that's how it goes over a 162-game stretch. There are guys – around Major League Baseball that look like a superstar for a week, and then they, you know, tail off. So I understand that that's kind of how baseball goes, but at least the guys this year that you wanted to see, they saw, they had stretches that you saw why they were the guys that were coveted, why they were the guys that were brought over. And I think we saw more stretches of the good than 
really, really poor like we've seen over the last couple of seasons for some of those guys. So it's a credit to them. And Kbert continue to improve on the power. Hopefully he can carry that over to next year and continue to get better in that case. I think it's just basically finding a way to continue to be selective on the pitches that he swings at because when he gets the barrel on the ball, he usually does some damage with it. It's just his issue is he swings at so many pitches that he can get to, which is a credit to his ability to cover the plate, but they're not his pitches to swing at. So if they can continue to work on that, I think he can be a really effective hitter for this ball club. And the nice part is, you know, of all the guys that the Nationals have had, he's the one that they've chosen to lock up. So he's going to be with the Nationals for the long haul. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, both of those guys, Abrams and Ruiz, ended up, you know, cooling off down the stretch, slightly what I would consider to be below average offensive seasons, uh, OPSs of 712 and 717, respectively, ops pluses of 95 and 97 for Abrams and Ruiz. You know, obviously, the, the uh, average ops plus right at 100. So if you're below that, you're kind of below the threshold. Um, so that's very narrow there and saying a tick below average. But uh, I say that to say, you know, there are some areas where both are going to have to continue to improve. No doubt about that. Uh, one of them is I want them to draw more walks. You know, I would say that's got to be a theme for this whole team, right? I mean, nobody drew walks. That You want a, ba- a beer at a bar? Here's your trivia question. Who led the team in walks this year? It was freaking Alex Cole. Yeah, Alex Cole. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like, Alex Cole played in, I don't know, 125 games and had 375 at-bats, and he had 53 walks, and that was the most on the team. You know, you look at some of the guys that played every single day. Like, Joey Manessis doesn't really walk. Lane Thomas doesn't really walk. And it's kind of a team of, of those guys. Now, the good news is that Abrams, or uh, Ruiz, rather, doesn't strike out at all. Um, and for the most part, you know, they, they don't have heavy volume, high volume strikeout guys comparatively. You know, they put the ball in play, which is nice. But that's just an area where I think both those guys can improve. You know, you take Candelario's numbers and throw them to the side because he got dealt. You know, obviously Thomas, their best offensive player. Manessis had a pretty good year. And then Ruiz and Abrams right there with Dominic Smith behind them, kind of rounding out the conversation. Uh, Jackson Rutledge started the final day of the season. Not as good an outing as we'd seen from him against Atlanta last time through. Thought that was good for him, though, to see a team again in short order. You know, not that the Braves were playing the A lineup and, and you know, grinding their way through the game necessarily as they're readying for the playoffs. But I just thought that that was still an encouraging test for him. Uh, obviously, Gore and Irvin end up on the shelf at the end of the year, so they were piecemealing the rotation together. But good to see JoJo have another solid outing last trip through. Uh, sub four ERA for the season is something he can take with him into the offseason and build upon as he tries to you know, elevate that K rate, lower that walk rate a little bit next season. Uh, Corbin, while it was not pretty and still bad, ERA over five, you know, 10 and 15 record if you're into that kind of thing. Fielding independent pitching, about 5.3. Thought he was a little bit better this season. And Trevor Williams did kind of what they brought him in to do, right? I mean, he... He threw 150 innings. He gobbled up a bunch of frames. Not sure how many starts he'll make, if any, next year, but he's under contract. And ideally, you know, they got enough young options coming out of camp they feel good about with maybe one or two new faces that you could put Williams in the pen as a multi-inning guy. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have Williams and Corbin on the roster next year. And 
we'll see what kind of role they fit in as because they're just going to be innings eaters. That's kind of what they were this year. And, you know, like you said, I think Corbin improved, but it wasn't like he was great. And Trevor Williams wasn't, you know, there were stretches where he was okay, but for the most part, he wasn't great. But those are the kinds of guys you need at times on a ball club just to eat some innings because, you know, Josiah Gray is only going five or Mackenzie Gore is only going five and you can't continue to tax the bullpen like we saw at stretches during this season. So those guys will stick around, but I think it's encouraging for, you know, Josiah Gray. He finishes the year with a ERA under four after a season in which he'd given up the most home runs and had an ERA over five. And that's clear growth. You know, Mackenzie Gore had some really good outings. He struggled. And it's funny because we talk about walks on the offensive side. I think walks and pitching side is a big issue for a lot of these guys as well. So if you can find a way to stay in the strike zone and not give away free passes a lot, you think of JoJo, you think of Mackenzie Gore, especially those guys just struggling with walks. If they can find a way to just not give away base runners on an easy basis, especially non-competitively like they would do at times where JoJo would come up and, throw four straight balls to start an inning, make it a little bit easier on yourself. But I think it's nice for those guys to have gone through a full season. Now JoJo's gone through two of them. Mackenzie Gore, I know he didn't end up really pitching the last couple of weeks with the blister issue, but I think he basically got to experience a full season. The nice part for JoJo, now you've experienced two full seasons. Now it's a time where you understand what it's like to go through the 162. You understand what it's like to have to manage your arm. Now it's about becoming a really good pitcher and a solidified starter in this league you've already solidified that you can be a big leaguer now become a good one and that's something that happened this year with Mackenzie Gore he went out there now he kind of understands what it's like to go through a full season now he needs to build off that even more and build off what it's like and I think you brought up a good point with Jackson Rutledge and I think this goes for guys like Irvin and all the young guys it's nice to see when they go and face a team the second time or they've had a couple of outings and guys can start game planning for that specific pitcher, you can start to see how they're going to attack you. So now you can go back this offseason talking about all the pitchers and self-scout and figure out, all right, they're going to try to attack my fastball next year. They're going to try to attack this breaking ball because it wasn't my best. How do I improve? So I'm encouraged by a lot of what we saw this season from the pitching staff. And the best part is there's some guys in the minors that hopefully will be a part of the team next year. Cade Cavalli coming back. How does he build off of what he was going into this season with. Can he come back healthy from the Tommy John? It'll be, you know, a little bit of time. I don't think he'll be with the big league club to start the year, but how does he do when he comes back for the ball club? Jackson Rutledge, maybe he sticks around with the big league club. We'll see, but they've got some young guys coming up at some point. And I think just overall, what we saw from some of the young guys this year was really encouraging. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits. Turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Well said. 
uh, well said. I, I, I like the breakdown. And I, I think the idea of kind of building on that foundation is going to be an early theme, you know, for some of those young major leaguers that have kind of now become veterans uh, next season. All right. So real quick before we say goodbye. And again, we're going to have the full report card pod coming up this week. It's going to be juicy. It's going to be about an hour. So uh, buckle up. It's going to drop Tuesday night into Wednesday morning for you. So make sure you uh, are are able to grab that and send it around all your buddies that like the Nats. We'll give uh, every player uh, a letter grade and and the staff and and the front office and everybody all the way through a letter grade. We'll get into the system as well. Uh, Playoff baseball, Toby. Last thing we should hit here. The bracket is set. Uh, Obviously, the Nats aren't participating, which is too bad. But in the American League, the Astros on the final day won the West. They end up the two seed in the American League. So the Orioles, the one seed, the Astros, the two seed, on to the division series round. They're awaiting winners of wild card round play between the Blue Jays and Twins and the Rangers and Rays. Uh, so the Texas-Tampa winner moves on to take on Baltimore. The Blue Jays-Twins winner goes on and takes on Houston. Meanwhile, in the National League, the Braves, the one seed, the Dodgers, the two seed, uh, neither surprising at all if you watched any baseball this year. They're waiting in the division series round. But in the meantime, the Diamondbacks and Brewers in a 6-3 matchup and the Marlins and Phillies out of the NL East in a divisional matchup battling to move along. Uh, give me your World Series champion and then give me your sleeper team to look out for that you think could impress. This might be a little bit homerish because, you know, growing up, I, you know, I wasn't super old when the Nationals came back, but I did grow up a bit of an O's fan until I was seven and then the Nationals came back. So a little bit homerish. I think the O's could go on a run. That offense is just so good. The question will be the pitching staff. So I'll go with the O's. I think that they could go on a run this year. The sleeper team. They, uh, it's funny because I covered this team for a while, but I think it could be the Brewers. I mean, when you have a pitching staff like they do with Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta and the bullpen they do with Devin Williams closing it down, it doesn't have to be anything spectacular. That's the great neutralizer. Like if you can just find a way to get through and squeak across a run or two with those guys on the mound with some October experience, just find a way, and they can, I think, go on a run. And if they face off against the Dodgers, I think they can find a way. Or if they go up against the Braves, I think they can find a way. So I, I like the O's to probably get it done. That offense is just so crazy. But I do think the Brewers could give some teams a bit of trouble in the National League. I'm going to pick the Braves to win the World Series. And yeah, the I just couldn't I, do that. I just could not do that. I hear you. I hear <laughs> you. I think they've just been the best team kind of coast to coast. Uh, and the team I would say not to sleep on, um, I don't know. I kind of have weird, like, 2022 Phillies vibes from the Rangers. I could see them, like, offensively getting really hot and just mashing, hitting a ton of home runs and going on a deep run. But looking forward to the start of October and playoff baseball uh, getting going. Toby, it has been a blast all season long, man. Love doing this pod with you. I think the best way maybe to say goodbye here is to, uh, in the the season of silence, they call it, is to see if I can slide my laptop over so we can hear my French bulldog snoring. So let's see. (laughs) 
I think she just woke up as I slid the computer over. <laughs> May not have worked. There's maybe can spike some of the snores. She was snoring so loudly during the show. It was ridiculous. I could hear a little bit, so it was good. Fiona, are you sleeping? Are you ready for more baseball? <laughs> All right. Well, it didn't work too good. So maybe you heard that one, right? Yeah. All right. That'll be a good send off from Fiona for the season of silence. The season of hibernation. Thanks for listening to Boston Loose Baseball. That's great. <laughs>